uh, Kimberly talk? Hello, Yellen Marsh. I'm here to talk about butt stuff today. Broadway, Barbara Streisand. Hello, Joseph. What is happening? Kimberly, thank you for saying butt stuff. That just makes me so happy. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I feel like I sounded like a Kardashian, which was not intended. <laughs> Hello, down bitches. You are not in the wrong place. I recognize this is a little bit confusing. But welcome to our co-pro with the Date with Dateline ladies, Kimberly and Katie. Welcome to I Think Not Beautiful People. Yay, we're so excited to be here. Thank you for having us. Thank you. We are so excited, but you are in the right place. This is I Think Not, the podcast where Joey Taranto and I invite people who normally don't cuss to come on our <laughs> podcast and cuss and talk about butt stuff, but also recap your favorite true crime TV shows. And if you want more of that nonsense, you can join us on the Patreon, www.patreon.com slash I think not. We have four full bonus episodes for you. We have Love After Lockup. We have our watch party and our new Hallelujah What's It To You tier. There is all kinds of nonsense over there, but... Let's get back to why we are here today. We have such crossover with our listeners, but for those listeners that do not know what you do and how loved you are in this community, give the rundown of what your podcast does and where they can find you and all that good stuff. We've been around for six and a half years doing Dateline recaps with a bit of a snarky edge where we never make fun of the victims, but we will make fun of the dumb criminals, their creepy facial hair. We know all of the tropes in the Dateline world, and we just are obsessed with Dateline. We are Date Dateline on social media. Also, we are on Patreon, and we sometimes do cheat dates on Dateline on Patreon. We will touch a 2020 or a 48 hours if they're really good. That sounds filthy. <laughs> and do they just search Date with Dateline? on Patreon? Uh, yeah. So you guys covered Frogger when Dateline was on hiatus this year, right? We tried. We did several. We got terrified. We all thought there was something hiding in our houses. Katie had moved into a new house that was questionable. Scary. She had like <laughs> bug infestations and maybe frogger infestations. We weren't sure. And not like normal bug infestation. I had red wasps. Oh. They're about as big as your thumb. They're too big and there were too many of them and they were coming out of the fireplace. And I was just, I'm out. That's it. That's like Amityville horror. Yeah, it was not right. Great. New fear unlocked. Yes. <laughs> well, we have such a crossover audience. We have learned. So many of our down bitches also listen to you guys. We're going to both have this on our feed. So hi, Date with Dateline. That's Joey and he's gay. Hi. Hi. And if you listen to Date with Dateline, they don't curse. Wait, Katie and Kimberly, can you just do me a favor? Can you just rip the Band-Aid off and say fuck? Oh, fuck, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do a Keith Morrison, which was a, I don't give a sweet flying fuck. <laughs> Let's go. Season one, episode five, starting with Cat's Cradle. I thought that we were putting this to bed. We're not. And now I have to sing about it. I'm frogging. Look at me, I'm a guy in your house all the time, I'm frogging! <laughs> Thank you, that was my song. It was one of those moments where, are we dreaming, is this real? When I heard that scream, it scared me. Definitely someone is here now, like the door is locked. There's a cat with a sweater, he's still down there. It was just horrific, it was like she was being murdered. We're gonna 
start with Amanda Smith. In 2019, I'm living with my, uh, at the time, fiance in an apartment in Portland, Oregon. Whenever someone says at the time, I'm like, oh, wait, did they break up or now are they married? That's a real glass half full, half empty thing. Like, I automatically assume they're now married. Yeah. I was like, oh, what happened? No, they (laughs) are married in this instance. I'm working full time as an administrative coordinator for a local hospital. Tim's working as a manager for a French bistro. Amanda and I met through an online dating service. And because our schedules were so completely opposite and we were both so busy, it actually took us five months of just texting each other and having conversations before we were actually able to meet in person. Absolutely not. You get a week of texting. If my boobies do not get fondled in the first (laughs) week, absolutely not. You are not getting five months of texting from me. That's a no. That's a no from me, dog. They're both very timid hipsters, though. I can't believe one of them even made the first move. What if some of them was just getting out of a relationship, but sort of on a dating site, still living with that person so they couldn't meet? Maybe it was something like that. Then they should not be on an app. That's correct. No. (laughs) And the day that it happened, it was completely just a spontaneous, I'm off work early. I'm also off work early. Let's go to my favorite dive bar. We met up there at 5.30 or so, and then we ended up closing down the bar. We hit it off. We are two peas in a pod. I used to have two peas in my pod, and now it's just me. I'm like Sister Jackie and Roseanne lamenting in the bathtub after they all smoked weed together. Look at me, I got nothing. No boyfriend, no meaningful job, no husband, no family. It's just me. It's just me and my ganja. (laughs) Classic. I get it there, Laurie Metcalf, but I I do have a meaningful job and I'm glad that I get to play with you fools today. We're we're also (laughs) glad. Cut to their house hunting. We've been house hunting for probably six months at this point with no luck. What is happening in Portland? The hipsters. (laughs) The market is saturated with froggers and hipsters. One day our realtor calls and he says, boy, do I have a gem for you. He says, Amanda, you need to come look at this house right now. I've gotten you a showing before it's on the market. Anyone else think the realtor is in on this? (laughs) I want to know what the realtor knew and when they knew it about the frogging situation. I think that this is one of those situations where I saw a Hoarders episode once where these people bought this massive mansion. And in order to purchase the house, they also had to purchase the hoard and the hoarder. But I'm thinking that there's a very good chance that the realtor was aware of at least spaghetti. (laughs) Don't don't fast forward to spaghetti. So when the contracts were signed, there was some sort of very tiny print that was like, oh, by the way, there's a guy who hangs out. I can hoard in my own house. Thank you very much. I don't need you to help me. I don't need anyone else's help. Okay. Well, they did fall in love with this house and they got first dibs on it. And now Amanda gives us a layout of the house. It's just got a really homey, nice, comfortable feel. As soon as you walk in, these beautiful French doors in the back just let the light pour in. The living room is just right as soon as you walk in, flows into the dining room. The kitchen is directly off the dining room. And then you go down a hallway, and down those hallways are the three bedrooms. The bedroom closest to the front door has access to the crawl space, and in the main hallway is the bathroom. As soon as we get the keys, we decided that we were going to have our wedding shower at the house. We decided to have the wedding reception at the house instead of a separate location because we are now millennials with a mortgage at this point. I felt that. 
I feel being an older millennial with no mortgage because I still rent. So what's worse? These boomers can't even fucking voice memo. And they're sitting on million dollar properties that they bought in 1972 for $1.95 and a carton of cigarettes. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is what we call house poor. Speaking of um, boomers doing voice texting, y'all don't know this story, but my mother was trying to send my sister a voice text about seeing Harry Connick Jr. And she goes, what do you think about going to see Harry Connick? And literally the text my sister said was, what about going to see that hairy cunt and my sister goes wow mom that text was fantastic and she literally responds with what i did it myself (laughs) also is there only one bathroom in this house is that what they said that's what the layout showed unless there was a hidden bathroom in the frogger's crawl space i don't know that would be a half bath in the junk drawer are several of the appliance manuals along with a big bag full of unlabeled keys that are not connected or attached, just completely loose bag of keys. We basically took a look at this bag of keys and said, hmm, this looks like a problem for later us. That should be a problem for today us. Yeah. How many doors are in the house? Whose keys? Is this to the whole neighborhood? Your first thought is that there's some sort of weird basement that has special rooms that were built by a previous owner for untoward behavior. There's <laughs> the doors that close upon close upon close because they're hiding dark secrets mm-hmm. or torture chambers or something like that. Something's happening in those rooms in the basement. That's that's the only explanation for why you would have a bundle of keys and only nine doors. That's where your mind goes, Katie? She goes zero to sex dungeon? Katie, can I ask you a legitimate question? Yeah, you bet. Is everything okay in Tennessee? What's happening <laughs> that you're going straight to sex dungeons? Is it because of the wasps and the sex dungeon? It's the combo of the two that's concerned. Yeah, I can see why you're concerned. Your house in Pennsylvania had like a concerning number of doors. Uh, yeah, that house was haunted. Did you burn it down? No, we we moved out within a year though. <laughs> but you did get someone to cleanse it. We did. We did have a priest come. It was a big enough and dark enough and scary enough of a basement that I insisted. I was like, we're not. Something here is not right. Katie, it's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> it was me in your house in Pennsylvania. I love Jesus doors and you close the door on the Holy Ghost and now you have to live with those consequences Katie now you're in Tennessee with red wasps spewing out of the fireplace Katie has been traumatized fast forward one month so thankfully the shower went off without a hitch we had everybody who we wanted there it was a beer themed wedding shower cheers and beers to Tim and Amanda. Have a beer, give a gift. Have a beer, take a sip. Have a beer, cuss out someone's child. They probably had it coming. (laughs) This feels very Portland. (laughs) My friend from LA that moved to Portland is a beer maker. It makes total, it tracks. Listen, I get it because nothing says I want to see your penis and your penis alone for the rest of my life like cheersing with a Coors Light. It's not Coors Light. It's like that brood in the basement kind. Yeah. And they talk about hops and things that I don't know what they mean. Yeah, hops. Lots of hops. And then the kids' names would be like Harlow. Yeah. Or like Argyle. Come here. Mommy's not going to call you again. Argyle and Alistair. That's the two. Yeah. The next morning. We had a wonderful brunch, and then we drove back in my sister's car. We're getting out of the car, and on our car, we just see this giant box uh, just leaning on the windshield. And then as I look a little closer, 
there's a bottle next to it and what looks like a laptop. What kind of laptop was it? It looked old. <laughs> Is it like an Acer? Hey. Sorry. <laughs> we definitely recognized right off the bat that this was not anything that we had ever owned. We unlock the front doors and the dogs are there and they're just skittish kind of, but they're so excited to see us. And as we're walking in, I point over to the dining room table and I say, whose vape is that? There's like a gigantic red vape that they thought was tacky and none of their friends would use. They're like, our friends use different kinds of vapes. Yeah. This is not the kind of vape our kind of friends use. We noticed that things had been disturbed. Tables had been scooted over. Things weren't where we had left them. We walk into the kitchen to look around, and we see it's segmented. Off to the side are the frosting toppings from three of the cupcakes and then a half-eaten bottom from one of the other cupcakes. Is it the top of the muffin guy from Seinfeld? Oh, so you just assume that the homeless will eat them? They'll eat anything? No, no, no we no. just started I know it's a thought. Did. They don't have homes. They don't have jobs. What do they need the top of a muffin for? Who only wants the bottom part? Sociopaths. I like my muffins where I can see them. Complete and intact. That mm -hmm. sounded not right. Sounded gay. <laughs> so at that point, my sister and my aunt are still outside and I lean through the door and I say, why don't you guys stay outside? We think there's something going on. My aunt says, do you want me to call the police? I said, not yet. We're gonna see what we can see, but why don't you guys take the dogs, put them in the car with the window rolled down? At this point, we've definitely established that at the very least someone was here so i say to tim i say tim i'm gonna go check the garage i'm gonna say this 500 times this episode why are you all searching your own fucking houses when there's creepy stuff happening? What are you people doing? There are things that make me feel so white, and this is one of them. Yes. <laughs> like, what are white people doing? Like, there's something weird going on. Let me go check it out. No, run the other way. I mean, haven't we all learned from Nev Campbell and Scream? So who are you? The question is, who am I? The question is, where So where are you? Your front porch. Don't go check the porch. Don't go upstairs. No. Go outside, call the police. I rush into the garage and I say, Tim, the game system's gone. That was the first thing I noticed was, oh no, our system is gone. And then as I look a little closer, I see this giant black tarp, which doesn't belong there, wasn't ours. At that point, Tim and I regroup in the living room because he's clued into the fact that we're dealing with something more serious than cupcakes. Tim flips open the box that had been on our car and inside were these knives. No, I'm out. If I find a box full of knives, I'm not about to go traipsing through the house to try to find its owner. No, thank you. Somebody knows who this knife belongs to. I don't give a fiddler's fuck. Call the cops, get out the house. There's a black tarp in the garage. Nothing good is coming from this. Also to make matters worse, did everyone realize that if there is one bathroom in this house, the sister and the aunt are staying there and they're all sharing one bathroom. I just wanted to throw that in the mix <laughs> too at this point. That's also happening. That's... And he's like, can we circle back? Can we circle back real quick? <laughs> What's the bathing arrangement? The cupcakes improperly eaten, box of knives. There's also that. There's the bathroom situation <laughs> in the house. And that that won't change. Yep. Frogger or none. That's the way it is. So then 
Tim's like, huh, a box of knives. Good. So when I go searching through my house, I'll have a weapon. And he took one of them out of the box. We haven't gone down the hallway yet. I don't know why this hipster dude who brews his own beers thinks he can fight off a deadly intruder in their house who might have a gun or 17 knives because he has enough to leave outside in a box. Yeah. He probably has more. Those were his spares. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, I don't even need those knives because I got 32 of them in here. I just got mine sharpened. Those are the yeah. dull ones. And <laughs> come attack me with my extra sharp ones that I went to Joanne's and I paid and they sharpened them for me. <laughs> we have a new sponsor. Joanne's knife sharpening. <laughs> it's great when you make your Hello Fresh. Honey, have you seen my knives from Joanne's? I can't find them. They got floral handles on them. The way they talk about that house, they felt so violated that they're like, we're going to get to the bottom of this. Tim goes down the hallway, and when he grabs the doorknob to our room, it's locked. He's standing there, grabbing at the door handle, kind of shaking at it uh, to make sure that it's locked. And he's got the knife in one hand. And I'm like, oh, definitely someone is here now. Like, the door is locked. I see that the ventilation grates from our furnace are pulled out of the floor in the main hallway. Tim kind of just barks out at me, babe, keys. So I run down the hallway, and as I go by the door, I tell Auntie Robin and my sister, I say, call the cops. I run into the kitchen. I grab this stupid bag of keys that are completely unlabeled, and I bring them back, and I actually hold the knife while Tim is trying each key, just toss, you know, nope, doesn't work, throws it on the ground. Nope, doesn't work. Throws it on the ground. It is truly Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet in the Titanic trying to open up that door before they drown. I was going to say that's been an amazing race challenge, actually. But in that scenario, you get a million dollars if you can do it. Here you get murdered. Exactly. Who cares if they drank your coffee if you're not alive to drink it? <laughs> Those cupcakes. It was about the cupcakes that the auntie put her blood, sweat, and tears into. That's right. And they just defiled them with the leaving the frosting on the counter. It's funny that you call your aunt auntie i just call mine a homophobe <laughs> <laughs> but okay also the the thing we seem to forgetting is their their first really brave venture is into the garage for the gaming system which is gone mm -hmm. yep so at that point aren't you like okay we definitely are robbed so stop everything stop the search we need to call and they're millennial hipsters so that gaming system is the most expensive thing they own besides that house she seemed bummed <laughs> didn't she so i'm banging on the door telling this person to like make themselves known if you don't make yourself known by the time i get in there i'm gonna treat it as a threat at that point i don't know i was just flying on red mist and just blind fury because of the situation that i was in finally he finds the one that fits and he shoves the door open, takes the knife back. And there's nobody there. We see pieces of drywall, uh, tipped over boxes of our clothing that have been rummaged through. And then the focal piece are these giant holes in the wall about the size of a person that go through into the next room. If you saw a hole in your wall that like the Kool-Aid man had come through, oh, yeah. would, you, would you proceed? Kimberly, I wouldn't have proceeded when the dogs were acting weird. Exactly. If I looked at the dogs, I'm like, what's crappy? Feels weird in here? Cool, I can do a second brunch. Let's go back and have second breakfast. Mm -hmm. They took the frosting off the cupcakes. <laughs> it's an animal. This is a monster. 
we back out of the room and Tim has checked the closet and he steps back into the hallway, moves over into the other room that had the holes connected to it, checks in there and is about to move back down the hallway when I say, babe, wait, there's somebody still here. Amanda looks at me, goes, there's somebody underneath the floor. There are a lot of words I don't like. I mean, you guys don't like particularly like the word f- um, so you're gonna have to bleep that out. And you're gonna bleep out that. I'm gonna say it again. Just kidding. But there's something under the floor is a statement I'm gonna pass on. Yeah. I heard rustling thumps underneath our feet coming from where all of the vents led. They're in the crawl space. Tim steps to the front and makes his way down the hallway first into the bedroom, which is the one where my Auntie Robin had been staying, that has the access to the crawl space in it. And the hatch to the crawl space was askew. He moves the hatch to the side, hands me the knife, and he drops down, and I hand him the knife, and I just wait. He goes into the crawl space with a what in the West Craven is happening? Go like, outside. These people found a box of knives, half-eaten cupcakes. Their coffee was drunk. Holes in the wall, they're still in there. They may as well go all the fucking way. Stop saying fuck to Kimberly and Katie. They don't like it. Sorry, fuck. Also, if you're going to go in the hatch, you both go in the hatch. Make the stupid decision. You make it as an engaged couple and you do that together. Right. You both go (laughs) in the hatch. That is part of the vows for sure. I hear him start moving underneath the crawl space. So I grab a large replica video game sword. A Zelda sword. A sword. It's Zelda. I think they are really, they've played a lot of these video games and part of them is like, this is our chance to be real life heroes. Are they LARPers? They might be LARPers. Why else would they have a sword? They're in the park with the, I behest thee to, (laughs) you are banished. The shit hath hit it, the faneth. <laughs> I keep quoting that a lot lately. I'm sorry, I just watched 10 Things I Hate About You. I pull out my phone and I turn on my flashlight. And sure enough, at the end of this like 25 foot extension where it becomes two blind corners, standing right in the center, the only space that I can see is a cat. A cat in one of my dog's sweaters. Just a cat in a sweater. I just ima- imagined him like calling up to Amanda and he's like, hey Amanda. There's a cat down here. And she's like, a bat? And she's like, no, not a bat. That would make sense. But it's actually a a cat. You know, like the cat? Like a cat? Yeah, like in the hat? But in a sweater, not a hat. He's in a sweater. You know, Thackeray, Mr. Bigglesworth? Yeah. Yeah, a cat. How did he get the sweater? That's not the point. How cat is this? Wait, but as Amanda up there, would you for a split second think, Wait, a cat did all this? Yeah. No, you would think 100% I would think that. Like you'd try to run through it in your head. Okay, a cat ate the cupcakes. Where did the cat put the gaming system? How did the cat pack the box of knives? Like, where did I decide I'm not going to go any further in this crawl space because now I know for sure somebody's down here. And the only reason I knew for sure that somebody was down there is because I heard more movement coming from behind like where that that blind corner was. And I'm not about to go to a blind corner and try and get in a fight in this little four foot 
cleared area. Finally! What took so long? You are a hipster, not a fighter, Tim. You should have left a long time ago. <laughs> he might LARP, Kimberly. He might be a, a knight of the round table. You don't know. He's a slight person. And I'm not saying small people can't be strong. He looks like he has to run around the shower to get wet, as my dad would say. Yeah. <laughs> All right, get out of the crawl space. I close the hatch. And then I put, like, three suitcases on top of it. So I sprint out of the house and... Kara, Amanda's sister, is on the phone with the police. The police arrive shortly after. Once they heard he was still in the house, the police officers go inside. We can kind of see them from the windows making sweeps through the house. And we can hear the cops yelling, get out, get out, come out. And then after a while, we can just hear the distinctive metal click of handcuffs. And Tim turns to me and he goes, oh, he really was in there. Have you been paying attention, Tim? Did you see the cupcakes? Tim was like, honestly, like, cats can be crazy. I would be a little scared of a genuine cat burglar because cats are mean and have attitudes sometimes. Not Katie's cats. I'm sure not your cat. How many cats do you have, Katie? I have four. On accident. It's not, my, it's not on purpose. They were born in a bush out front. There's nothing I could do. They just showed up. What a coincidence. I was born in a bush. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I set it up. So many cats. Like, how many pretty litters do you get a month? Yeah, like exactly. Right. I know. And so, yeah. So we have Brunhilda and then we have Bruce and then Danny, the champion of the world and Ulysses who is a lady. Katie, I hate to tell you this, but you have given your cats hipster names. I know. Are you growing kombucha yeast in your backyard over there in Tennessee? <laughs> how many pairs of brogues do you have? And how many hats does my husband have? That's the better question. How <laughs> yeah. many hats? The door swings open and they bring out the man who is in our crawl space. And he is really tall, really dirty, and wearing my Christmas onesie. My wife is shorter than I am, and this man is taller than me, so it stretched out to no end, covered in dirt from the crawl space. It was just infuriating. It was just another violation. Is this what Tim Burton had in mind when he wrote The Nightmare Before Christmas? Because it feels like it. <laughs> it feels like it. Why is the music so cheery during this part? Did anyone notice that? It's like Christmassy upbeat, like this whole thing is quirky fun. This is not quirky fun. It should be Silence of the Lambs music. <laughs> that would scare the pants off of me. The onesie thing. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Because a onesie kind of touches every part of your body. I don't. Mm. Also, she was like, also, he was really tall and he stretched it out. <laughs> like she was going to wear it again. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're burning that along with the whole house. You are not going to wear that onesie again. Well, don't worry, because as they're taking this man away, a cop comes over to the couple and says, by the way, uh, the cat that's in your house, his name is Spaghetti. When Ellen texted us that it was a spaghetti episode, I don't know what I was picturing. I was picturing a frogger like swimming in a pile of spaghetti or something. Also, a cop saying, by the way, the cat's name is Spaghetti. Okay, my Aunt Debbie has a cluster of moles in the shape of a unicorn. What do you want from me? I don't give a fiddler's fuck what the cat's name is. Get it out! It also personalizes the cat for them. A year after my cats were born, a little, a, another litter was born. And I was like, all these cats are going away. We have to find homes for them. I'm not naming them because when I name them, like then I'm going to want to keep them. That's why I never ask my dates their name. I'm just like, <laughs> hey, yo, this ain't going to last long. Same with my grinder dates. It's like, I'll see you soon, Slopabotamus Rex. Okay. <laughs> so walking through, we realized that there was just 
a lot of damage that had been done. Up until this point, it had been a dream come true. We had gotten our first house, we had had an amazing wedding shower, and plans were well underway to have a wonderful wedding in a few short months. It was like seeing all of those things just shattered in front of you. I feel so bad for them. Like, you can tell they had put a lot into this place, just DIYing stuff themselves. It just feels like it's a violation. It's awful. And they're a very likable couple. We have been making fun. And I I haven't even mentioned his hipster shirt that they have tried to pair with the reenactor. Sure, you're also wearing a hipster shirt, but they are a delightful couple. I would be friends with them. I'm wondering if maybe they could do a GoFundMe after this or something, because there's nothing they can claim on this, right? Oh, wait, does your insurance not cover frogging? Acts of frog instead of acts of God. (laughs) So a couple days later, we find out that the man who was in our crawl space was Ryan Bishop, a 38-year-old from Vancouver, Washington, which is about a 30-minute drive and across the river from our house. He's arrested and charged with first-degree burglary and also criminal mischief. Ryan Bishop reached a plea deal to serve 36 months of probation. 36 months of probation. So none. He copped a plea. When the cops were at the house, they told us that we needed to contact Animal Control to remove the cat. Upon contacting Animal Control, they told us that they will only come and get the cat if we have the cat in a crate. And then Tim's like, here's spaghetti 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 spaghetti. (laughs) like have you ever tried to catch a cat it would take weeks to gain the cat's trust yeah does animal control not have their own crates listen it's it's like the wild wild west in portland housing market is crazy cops get there in seven minutes and you gotta have crates for your animals everybody knows that kimberly if you have a raccoon in your house do you have to catch it yourself in portland don't you know what the portland city motto is Mm -hmm. welcome to portland where you wrangle your own pussy. (laughs) It's on the flag, yeah. (laughs) Also, we see a video of poor little Spaghetti. This cat has some tales to tell. This cat looks like the stunt double for Sassy and Homeward Bound after she went over that damn waterfall. Just, yeah, that's very niche what I just referenced. Five people are going to get it and they're going to love it. Yeah. (laughs) Later on that day, I get more messages from Tim. He says, oh, I just got a phone call from a relative of Ryan Bishop's. They think that this is their cat, and they want to come pick it up. I said, okay, awesome, excellent, yeah, let's get spaghetti home. So the following day, a family member comes to pick up the cat, and she just goes, spaghetti, come here. And spaghetti runs right up to her. Never seen a cat respond to its name like that, but immediately was like, all right, yep, that's the, that is definitely the owner of this cat, for sure. And that was the last I saw of Spaghetti, the cat. I mean, I kind of think take a clean break from the whole frogging situation. And maybe you don't want a like a lingering. It's like keeping a box of your ex's things. Also, the cat did scratch Amanda. And I did fear for her because I don't know what kind of germs a frogging cat has. Yes. And I didn't even think about that until now. So now new fear unlocked and you brought up a breakup, (laughs) which I'm going through. So thanks a lot, Kimberly. What did I ever do to you? Oh, sorry. (laughs) This is our last crossover episode ever. Date with Dateline, I guess. <laughs> I guess check him out. Whatever. If you want to <laughs> listen to some assholes. Oh! 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 Welcome to 
I think not with these two cunts. <laughs> so they get married and they're like, listen, sickness, health, good times, bad times. We've already had all the fucked up times we're going to have. This shit's easy. And um, they lived happily ever after. In frogging and crawl spaces. I hope they got a gaming system back and I hope they had lovely cupcakes at their wedding. Amanda and Tim, we love you. And spaghetti. I don't know. Cats are such assholes. I love them so much. Well, we are moving on to our next story entitled Home Scream Home. I hate the sound of that. I'm Tim Brown. I work in the oil and gas industry. In 2016, I was living in Ardmore, Oklahoma with my wife, Monica, and my 11-year-old daughter, Presley. I love that name. Presley? Fantastic, no? Yeah, it's cute. Kimberly hates that. She hates that. She doesn't care. She hates cool tween names. Because <laughs> we both definitely did not have cool tween names. I have an old lady name. Oh, my cool teen name was just faggot. Does that count? Oh. Oh. Katie. That's not right. Who did that to you? The neighborhood we moved into was Tuscan Vineyards. It's a small gated community. Very safe neighborhood. We never locked our doors. Lock your doors. Everyone lock your doors. They're there for a reason. Yeah. It takes two seconds. Right when you pull into the neighborhood, we're the ver first lot on the left. We lived on a three-acre lot. We had just completed the building of the home and have been living there for one month. Our home is a Tuscan-style two-story home. That is not my jam. I like everything to be painted black and look like a dungeon. <laughs> I really do. Sex dungeon or just regular dungeon? Just a regular dungeon. You know, I don't need to have a sex dungeon theme throughout the entire house. Once you walked into the home, to your left, took you to a guest room, an office, and then upstairs to a media room. From the front door, once you went to your right, you had a dining room, a kitchen, living room, and then there was a small hallway that took you to Presley's room. I loved my new room. I got to paint it the colors I wanted. I just loved how big it was, especially for an 11-year-old. I had a big closet because I did uh, competitive cheer and dance. And we get a big focus on her walk-in closet that is literally the size of my apartment. Yeah. Wow. Same. I think it had wings on it. Yeah. <laughs> she does cheerleading and dance and beauty pageants and all the things. And so she needs a wardrobe for each of them. Do you think she had a me mechanical element to the closet like Cher Horowitz? Do you think? Yes. Nicholas? It rotates around. So she says, dance and then the dance costumes come to the front and it's all the the interns. that would be amazing collarless shirt from fred siegel <laughs> joey what's it like to be in the closet How joey did your closet have an east and a west wing <laughs> no sadly mine just had vhs tapes of movies starring judy garland in them no one suspected i was very i flew right under the radar just a shoe rack filled <laughs> it was just my birthday and I got a lot of presents that were everywhere. And I got money and I put my money up there on my dresser. That morning, I had gone on the Neighborhood Watch community page and I had seen two posts, one about a robbery in the neighborhood and the police are looking for a gentleman that was breaking into homes and is on the run. And then the second post, I've seen a young man missing in Ardmore. That would give me pause, literal pause. And I would be like, midnight, not a sound from the pavement. Kimberly, Katie brought up my breakup. 
<laughs> Around like 2.50, I picked up Presley from school and we came home. I'm just coming home from a business trip from Miami. I arrived at about 3 p.m. that afternoon. We had workers in our front yard. They were doing landscape work. One of our gardeners said, Mr. Brown. And this frantic gardener run up to me with some uh, disturbing news. Said, someone runs in your house and he hasn't come out. So naturally, Tim is like, I'm going to call the cops and leave the property. JK, he goes in to look for the guy who ran into the house and didn't come back out. He's like, it's one guy. That's how we roll in OKC. I can handle this. Listen, Tim, I love your confidence. Good for you. But you are no match for one guy with a gun. What is with the Tims in this episode? And they're machismo. Call the cops, Tim. Well, no, one Tim seems like absolutely he's not going to call the cops, which is this Tim. Right. Other Tim, it's kind of more surprising. Yes, I would totally agree. But this Tim, of course he's not. This Tim is old country. Old country. After searching everywhere, I didn't find him. I was very confident that he had ran out one of the other doors. After that, my wife and I decided we were going to get groceries. And my daughter didn't want to go with us. So we, we left her there. Well, they don't want to be like alarmist. We're like the cool parents. Like we're not going to get all crazy if there's like someone in our house and hasn't like whatever. Like everyone be cool, you know, don't be all uncool. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You see people in these cases that are like, I don't want to jump to conclusions. I don't want to go to worst case scenario. Tim was like, it's fine. I was like, you're a little too relaxed. Tim. Yeah, maybe you don't have to go to worst case scenario, but just go to like scenario. He could be murdered by the frogger and he'd be like, well, at least they can't say I panicked. Right. But you're dead. <laughs> also, this is in this Tuscan villa. There's an alarm system, right? No, it's safe. Oh, yeah. They don't even lock their doors. They didn't even build one in. Don't be alarmed. It's fine. I'm more alarmed at Presley's wig, the reenactor's wig. It's like halfway down her forehead, parted in the middle. Kimberly, listen, we spent all of the money on the last episode's cupcakes. The cheers and beers. They had to get something from Party City and make it work. It's called make it work. Okay. <laughs> they were like, listen, those cupcakes, those were artisan. Okay. Because we were dealing with hipsters. This bitch is wearing a recycled wig from Party City. Come on, everybody. <laughs> Let's go. It's called a shake and go. Take it out of the bag. Shake it. Put it on your head. We're good. Yep. Let's go. And then you hang it on the lampshade at night when you go to bed. Presley's good and action. <laughs> so we, we were back in an hour. We put the groceries up. Presley's still playing in the house. They came home and I told them I was going to go take a shower. Why would you take a shower? Like, has anyone ever seen a scary movie ever? We went back in the office and we're doing some more business. And that's when we heard the blood curdling scream. So I was just going to go take a shower. And I was standing like right in front of my closet. And then all of a sudden, this guy just like falls over in my closet. I loved in the reenactment, she's in the closet. She's wearing these socks that have no grippies on the bottom. <laughs> and she sees this dude just sitting there in the east wing of her closet. And she starts just sliding around. <laughs> it's like when dogs try to run really fast on wooden floors and they can't get anywhere. It's like. <laughs> and he goes, don't be scared, little girl. If someone 
tells me not to be scared, I'm like, that's even scarier than just standing there because you know there's something to be scared about and you want me not to be scared because you know this is a scary situation. I'm going to be doubly scared if you say not to be scared than if you had just stand there and I would have been scared, but now I'm two times as scared. It's the little girl for me, even though she is a little girl. Okay, question. What's worse, though? Don't be scared, little girl. Or... Don't be scared, darling. <laughs> Is darling worse than little girl? Which one's worse? We have Joey's answer. <gasps> Don't be scared, darling. You have to say it with an accent, though. That's great, Katie. Can we just do that one more time? Can you just do that with an accent this time? Just for <laughs> just for options for the director. We want to hear that darling with the no G and the apostrophe at the end. That darling. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to say it like, uh, you know, how Ernest scared stupid and Ernest goes to camp. It's like Ernest does frog and he's like, Don't be scared, sugar booger. Oh, uh- Whoa. I'm getting notes of deliverance in that and yeah. I don't like it. And I'm screaming and I run out. So I sprinted out of my office and when I come running into my living room, my daughter comes rounding her corner in, in just a frantic look. She didn't stop or run to my arms. She ran past me. She ran past him, said <laughs> goodbye, there's a man in my closet. She Kool-Aid manned out the front door. Oh yeah. I think I was in just shock. Honestly, and just trying to figure out what what do you do next? 911. Oh, there's somebody in my house, and he's hiding in my daughter's closet. God, please. God, my heart. And about the time I'm trying to process all this, I, I see a young man step out around the corner. He, he was a tall, dark-headed, skinny, in his probably early 20s. The only thought going through my head at the moment was get him. I ran to him and got a hold of him, and the fight was on. And my wife is listening to this, and she says, Don't hit him. Just don't hit him. I, I said, I think I think this is the missing kid that they were looking for. Monica was like, wait, stop hitting him. I saw on Facebook there was a missing kid. Maybe that's him. I was actually impressed that in that situation, she thought of that news thing she read in the morning. Yeah, because I have very recently learned in high pressure situations, I go blank. (laughs) And having the wherewithal to like come up with that little nugget. Wow, Monica. I read something in next door that there's a missing kid and a burglary and next door they're selling an elliptical machine. (laughs) Also, I need parsnips. I forgot them at the grocery store when we left our 11-year-old home by themselves with a frogger. So to de-escalate the situation, Tim slaps the shit out of him. So I had him by the wrist. He wanted me to let go of him. And he acted like he was going to swing at me, so I slapped him. And I said, stop. Calm down. Tim, I'm not entirely sure what happens in Oklahoma. I've never visited. But slapping the shit out of someone and telling them to calm down is probably going to have the opposite effect. He thinks they're like the hysterical woman in a telenovela. And he just backhands and be like, calm down, Blanche. (laughs) Blanche. I don't know why Blanche is in a telenovela. Blanca. There we go. And he was trying to jerk away from me. He jerked to get loose. He took off running. And he ran out. And we have a barbed wire fence out there. And this guy didn't see that fence. He ran out there and he jumped up and just fell over it and took off running. That was the last I saw of him. So after he left, my wife located my daughter outside. 
The first moment I saw my daughter, I hugged her and asked her if she was okay. My daughter, she had several hundred dollars she got for her birthday sitting on the dresser. And we didn't find out until later that he had stolen. That fucking sucks. I get that. It was a few hundred dollars. I'm like, what happens in Oklahoma? Correct. Uh, Presley says, he took my birthday money. How rude. <laughs> yeah. Also, Stephanie Tanner has something to say. How rude. Did we say that the frogger got away? Yeah, I said yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, you know, I only listen to half the things you say. Yeah, so. I know it's just the two of you, but if you guys ever bring a man into the fray, just know it's <laughs> blah, 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 my line. Blah, 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 my line. It's a blast. Hi. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. I looked in the closet afterwards and saw... He had scratches all over his arms, so there was blood up against the wall where he had laid underneath the clothes. That is so awful. At least there are no wrappers of food or toilets, because after, like, Danny LaPlante and such, you think, okay, there wasn't a nest there. He wasn't nesting. He wasn't nesting yet. The cops arrive, and the family gives their statement, and the officer tells Papa Tim... He had gotten a call that this young man and his girlfriend were sitting at the end of a driveway uh, doing drugs, and when they ran the plates and saw that the young man had a warrant, they tried to subdue him, and he jumped up and wrestled with the cop and took off running through the woods. And I guess we're the first neighborhood that he came to. So finally, they tell the neighborhood, hey, y'all, thanks again for the potluck last week. It was a lot of fun. Margaret's potato salad, although it was riddled with raisins, was delicious. (laughs) Um, But you might want to start locking your doors. Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. Why people love. What? Oh, my my Alexa got very upset when I screamed about the raisins. (laughs) Kimberly's like, that is (laughs) anti-Semitic. I cannot believe that they would put raisins in the potato salad. I'm horrified. I don't know what I'm more horrified by, the frogger or the raisins. He wiped his blood on the wall. He put his blood on the wall. But the raisins. He like marked it like the mark of the beast or something. He's like, Satan's coming. This is the new hell mouth. Also, I don't even want to go back to the frosting. The cops told us this young man who had been in the closet in our home was not the missing boy that they're looking for from the neighborhood social media page. So the next day, We hear from our neighbor. He says, well, I I was driving down the road about 8 o'clock that morning. I see a guy walking. So I pulled over and asked him if he needed a ride. He was freezing. He jumped in. And at that point, our neighbor text messaged a cop. And they pull in behind him and pull him over and get him. And so the cops speak with Papa Tim. So when the cops tell us who it is, I recognize the name. Police identify him as Race Cox. Excuse me? Race Cox. One more one more time. I'm not sure I heard that right. Race Cox. Race Cox. Okay, honestly, I've been racing Cox for years, <gasps> so I'm okay with this name. I don't know how I'm ever going to get through the rest of this episode. Race Cox. <laughs> I was shocked. So Papa Tim recognizes the name because Race Cox's aunt... <laughs> <laughs> And her name is Loves Cox. And Race Cox's cousin, Chasen Cox, babysits little Presley. And so their family was close with this family, but Race Cox had no idea whose home he was running into. It was random. What are the odds? Also, so this is a different than the boy who was doing drugs. So this is such a safe neighborhood, but there are just teen boys rampantly breaking into people's houses and doing drugs. No, this is the drug kid. No, it's not the missing boy. It's the drugs 
missing boy. Yeah. But there's still a missing boy that we never hear about. We don't care about him. We care about the missing boy. Just in this story, he no longer has a purpose. Right. <laughs> they, don't tie, they don't tie up the end. They're like, no. this missing boy. Of course you would think it was that. At the end of the night, you know, I, I talked to my daughter. She's scared to death. The first few nights, I did not, I did not sleep in my room. That night, I slept with them. Every night, I would have my mom like check my whole room, my closet, like under my clothes. Thinking back on it, it was hard to process. You know, we knew this was going to be our forever home. I hate that we ended up selling it. We just had some bad memories there. And I say that's the right decision. I'm sure they took a beating on that, but it's been tainted by the frog. I can imagine the, the realtor being like, and there's a lovely walk-in closet that is blood, <laughs> but look at this built-in <laughs> dresser that it has. Yeah, the good news is you can paint the whole closet red and no one will know. <laughs> <laughs> there needs to be like a new real estate group that is like for frogging. Like you're selling houses that were frogged. Here's the crazy thing. In 2017, Race Cox pleaded guilty to burglary and the on-screen text says he got 15 years in prison. I was like, that guy trashed poor hipster Tim and Amanda's house, ate the cupcakes, left the murder tarp, took the gaming system. How did he get 36 months probation? But I looked it up and actually Race Cox had two felony warrants at the time and they added that burglary charge and, which they also didn't mention in the episode, the evading arrest. Oh. Because, like, he ran or whatever. But still, 15 years and that other fucking onesie frogger didn't get jail time? I think that Tim Brown is a bigger deal in that town than we thought he was. I agree. That's what that tells me. Same. That Tim Brown is, like, not my little darling. Tim Brown owns the three Piggly Wigglies in, like, the surrounding towns. Yeah. And nobody's getting a Thanksgiving turkey if he has anything to say about it. By he's an oil, he meant I'm an oil tycoon. Katie, it's all. All. <laughs> all tycoon. Well, that is the end of frogging. We promise that is the last frogging episode. No more surprises. You all can check your crawl spaces, enjoy your homes. You can go back to your regular nightmares that you have. Frogging is put to bed. We have not promised that, though. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm like, Lies, Liza Minnelli lies. We uh, will we will come back to this show, I promise you. Well, that is all. We are so happy to have Kimberly and Katie. They are OG podcasters. They have been around for a very long time. So we bow down to you guys. Don't forget to find us on social media. We love interacting with you. Don't forget to share us with a friend. We will always repost it. And our Facebook group where we are having loads of discussions and all kinds of fun nonsense. You can find us at the I Think Not Facebook discussion group. You didn't say it right and that felt good it's the i think not podcast facebook discussion group i love you joey <laughs> i love you too yellow marsh we love you kimberly and katie we love you so much Bye. Bye. race cops somehow called the cops or maybe you can text the cops in oklahoma i have no idea he texted a friend who was a cop okay i know that because i'm a man and we know things <laughs> Uh, being a man, I just, I have to let you know about the things that I know. Tell um, me about my vagina. Uh, I don't think you want me to tell you about your vagina. <laughs> Another fun thing when you like start a business with a man, um, it's 70-30. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
I met this woman in Nashville. She has four cats. And I'm like, that is so many cats. You had a post about it? She said, and wasps. This woman, Katie, next door's got kombucha yeast, and it's overgrown. It smells like shit. She's brewing a thing in that garage, in that garage. I've seen Hocus Pocus. I know how this works. She's sucking the souls out of children. I want to be in the writer's room when they were like, okay, so follow me. Okay. <laughs> There's a smoke monster. <laughs> <laughs> Is Katie, okay? Katie, Kimberly are like, we actually can't use this episode at <laughs> no, all. No, I love it. I was just trying to think of more like small, small knob, tried hard, something. I was trying to think of. Something. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh.